Hey there, this is John from pureandsimplebible.com coming to you once again from the studio in my backyard. Very thankful for you today and that you're listening to the show. Um, it is a labor of love, and I'm learning as I go. And one of the things that I'm learning as I go is trying to line up people to be a part of a good conversation is challenging. And from time to time, I'm not going to be able to have a guest on the show uh, for many reasons. But one of them today is that I'd like to share some content with you that um, is going to work best if I present it just like you and I are having a conversation in the room together. So today I'm inviting you to consider yourself the guest in this conversation. And although I'm going to be the primary person who's speaking, I'd like to uh, share with you a resource that I have available on the website at pureandsimplebible.com. For now, it's going to be under the uh, podcast page for this episode, but it's also going to be available uh, under a resource page as I build it. Because the website's kind of a work in progress, it's just as much a labor of love as this is, I'll have it available there too, and it's called Big Questions, so look for that PDF. But let me kind of frame it so that you'll value that document and maybe be able to use it in your own outreach as well. So let's frame it with this scenario. I want you to imagine that you're uh, at home, and maybe it's been a hard day of work, you're preparing dinner, you've got five minutes left, and things are boiling on the stove, and everyone's really hungry, they're sitting down, they're ready to eat, and suddenly there's a knock on the door. And so you go to the door, you open it up, and there are two men in orange robes and shaved heads. They're smiling at you. They don't speak your language, and so there's a translator there with them. And this translator tells you that these two men have come. Uh, they want to share with you the good news of the Buddha. And they would like to come in and, and tell you his story and why it matters that you... Uh, consider his teachings and become a disciple of the Buddha towards the goal of what Buddhism is offering you. How would you respond to that? You know, if I were honest with myself, um, maybe in that scenario I might say, hey, I'm, I'm cooking dinner right now. Like we, we are, this is not convenient. Maybe we could do it at a different time. You know, that scenario is based on a real scenario of our time in Cambodia. Whenever we would go and try to talk to people and share the good news of Jesus but then we would find that people, if they had no context of the Christian faith, weren't always open to having us come into their home and telling them the good news of Jesus. So as we begin this uh, conversation about how to share the gospel with people who maybe aren't looking to have the gospel shared with them, considering that if we're not interested in another worldview, then why in the world would they be interested in ours? You know, if you shared John 3.16 with somebody and you told them, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, you share the gospel, you lay it out there, and their response mentally is, Who is John? Why does he have a 3 or a 16? Or And, and why would this God love the world so much to sacrifice his only Son? That, that sounds terrible to to give your only son, to, to kill him on a cross, to nail him there? What kind of a God would do that? There's a lot of questions going on. And so much so that if we don't provide context to the gospel, 
uh, it may not be the good news that it needs to be for them to hear. And so I invite for you to consider with me a PDF that I have called Big Questions. It's a basic interpersonal guide to asking others questions and getting them to uh, pull out what they believe about their, you know, the various questions of life and, and then to do our best to share the gospel with them in that context. Because think about this scenario. What if somebody came to your door and there was food, you know, almost on the table and everybody's really hungry and this person knocks on the door and they said, hey, I heard you're a Christian. I was wondering if you would share the gospel with me. Wouldn't you say, hey, man, get in here. Come sit down with us. Share our food. And let's talk about Jesus. I want, I want to tell you these, this good news because it's incredible and it's changed my life. It's done so much for me and it can do so much for you too. We would be so excited to share that good news with that person. Well, uh, what if we had that opportunity to make somebody excited to share their thoughts, but then also be open-minded to hear the gospel as well? So that's the intro for this um, PDF that we're going to be talking about, about big questions, this basic interpersonal guide. Now, before we, I guess, look at it, I, I want to introduce the concept of a worldview and the, and the questions that everybody's asking and why it's relevant that we ask questions. Now, I believe that life's biggest questions can be distilled down into four fundamental life questions. And, and maybe you've asked them uh, while you were laying in bed at night, or maybe you've just been thinking about them in your drive on your way to work. Uh, and maybe you've never thought about them, because a lot of times people interpret reality under the assumption that the answers to these questions have already been found. But consider these four basic questions, one of origin. Where do we come from? How did we come into being? Consider a question of morality. How can we determine what is right and what is wrong? Consider a question of meaning or purpose. What is the meaning of life? And consider a question on destiny. What happens to us after we die? You know, as a Christian, uh, we take comfort in the answers to these questions. And a lot of times we're satisfied with the answers to this question. And maybe even some of us assume that everybody else knows the answer to these questions in a similar way, but has just chosen to uh, rebel or to ignore the obvious answer to those questions. But there are billions of people around the world who have these same questions, but answer them differently because their worldview has framed them differently. And so it's important that we begin by appreciating that word, worldview. A worldview is a way in which we interpret reality and place our values. It's the way that people seek to answer these questions. And so your worldview uh, is built and then lived out based on the answer to these four fundamental questions. And it's important to remember that different cultures have different worldviews. So I, I've heard this example before, and I want to share it with you. Um, the best way we can describe a worldview or give an example of it would be like a pair of colored glasses. Each worldview uh, is like a different color, you know. So somebody's wearing blue glasses, somebody's wearing red glasses. And uh, these glasses are worn continually. You're, you're never going to take them off. You even dream in the worldview. And so uh, it affects the values and the principles and the judgments that you make based on that pair of glasses that you're wearing. And 
now we can take that concept and then apply it maybe to some scenarios to appreciate it even further. Uh, consider the way an atheist and a theist, you know, that's a person who doesn't believe in God and a person who does, uh, might consider the Red Sea crossing in the book of Exodus in, in the Old Testament. You know, uh, an atheist might see a series of natural events such as strong wind and low tide because their worldview emphasizes only physical and natural possibilities. So if that event actually happened, then they're going to interpret it as, well, it happened for these natural reasons. Whereas a theist determines that something supernatural happened, that God divinely intervened and was able to separate the water and his people crossed on dry land. It's not um, outside of reason for a theist to think that God would do so because we interpret reality based on that there is a God. Now, a modern example, uh, maybe taking it into the real world, would be uh, looking at somebody who's living on the street who is destitute, uh, mentally disabled. And when we consider such a person, there are worldviews who believe that that person is reaping what they have sown in a previous life because of karma. And I'm, I'm going to butcher this uh, sutta name, but the Kula Kamavi Banga Sutta Three line number 202 to 206 talks about the guilt from previous lives and how it manifests itself on those who have physical uh, issues today. Whereas another worldview looks at that same person and from John chapter 9 verse 1 through 3 determines that that person did nothing to deserve that ailment. And it's not the sin or guilt from his previous life but rather it's an affliction that has come about um, because we live in a fallen world. Now, which is right? Which worldview gets to claim that their color of glasses is really the truth? You know, all worldviews claim to be the one true worldview. In fact, Geisler and Watkins wrote a book called Worlds Apart, and one of their conclusions is this. No one can consistently believe in more than one worldview because the central premises of each are opposed to the other. That means that logically only one worldview can be true. The others must be false. And so there either is a God or there isn't. There either uh, is a sense of absolute morality or there is a subjective sense of morality and, and truth for that matter. So we can't, even though you know bumper stickers that say coexist and uh, the, the, the mindset that we can all just get along and, and the posters that talk about the golden rule and how that, that uh, philosophy has found its way into all of the major religions. And frankly, I agree that we have to be kind and care about and be respectful to every person regardless of what their worldview might be. You know, we're never going to treat anybody like garbage. But that doesn't mean that we're going to agree that their worldview is true. Because at their core, the great worldviews of all seven, however many billion people there are on this planet, oppose one another in what they assume about the answer to life's basic questions. Well, I want to read a couple of scriptures to you, and then I'm going to introduce you to the questions that I have in this PDF and how I used them both in Southeast Asia, but also in America as well, since we moved back here about a year ago. And uh, after that, I'll invite you to simply go to the website, download it, 
check it out. If it's helpful for you, then I'd like for you to use it. But I want you to think about this proverb. It's Proverbs chapter 20, verse 5. It says in the English Standard Version, the purpose of a man's heart is like deep water, but a man of understanding draws it out. I also use another version, the ERV, which says getting information from someone can be like getting water from a deep well. And if you're smart, you will draw it out. I want you to think about that for a second. Asking people questions pulls out of them what they believe about life and what they believe about reality. And so sometimes instead of taking the reins and seizing the conversation and doing everything we can to share the gospel, you know, dumping it all in in one sitting. The purpose of this is to show that there are times when we can ask questions. And through these questions, we can understand what they believe about life. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 also says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. That's the type of person that I want to ask these questions to. I want to be that person who knocks on the door and says, Hey, tell me about your faith, hoping that they'll be excited to share it, but hoping also that I can draw information out of them, like drawing water out of a well, so that they can ask, Is this actually reasonable? And if it's not, you know, kind of like wearing the, that pair of glasses, maybe they notice a, a flick or a crack in the glass, and maybe they'll want to take those glasses off to consider that maybe it's not as reasonable as they thought it was, and to consider the truth, looking at the world from God's point of view for the first time. So what I want you to do, um, if you're able at, the, at this moment, uh, go and open up that PDF. Now, if you look on the first page of it, you'll see that it's called Icebreakers, right? Because even though uh, somebody might be excited about sharing their faith if it's a stranger, a lot of times it's really hard to talk about some of these deeper things just you know immediately before you've had any chance to uh, get to know this person. And you may not have a lot in common with small talk. If I want to make some small talk that's leading into some of these big questions, you know, to, to answer the four questions of life, maybe what I can do is, is try to put their mind at ease about what I want to do and also to give them that opportunity to value and to, to see what their worldview means to them. So I have these icebreaker questions, and I, and I like to say this phrase, so I'm going to read it to you, uh, and I read it to them whenever I share this resource, because I want them to know what my intentions are. The first line says, thank you for this opportunity to talk to you about your faith and beliefs concerning uh, religion and spirituality. I'm always wanting to learn from other people about what they believe as a way to get to know them better. Please be encouraged that I have no plans to trick or trap you today. I'm simply here to learn. I don't want you to think that any answer you make will be judged as stupid or inferior. I also do not plan to respond to any of your answers at this time. Sometimes people can feel nervous if thinking that there will be a confrontation or an argument. I have no other plans for this time than to listen and record what you have to say. And so if you were to be looking at this resource, um, or if you're trying to visualize it with me, you could look on the second page as an example, and you'll see that there are questions, and then there are blank spaces under there. And so I ask them questions, and then I record their responses. I, I like to show them that I'm interested in what they have to say. Now, there is another column on the right side 
that's the exact same question, and there are already answers in there that are pre-recorded with the Christian worldview, uh, with the Christian response. And each one of those has a scripture that goes along with it, because I believe it's valuable and necessary that we have a, thus saith the Lord, or a scripture that helps us make sense of the world, because we want people to see that we use the Bible as our guide to help us understand these questions. And sometimes they're interested in knowing it on the spot, and sometimes they're not. So I don't want to promise you that if you ask somebody a question, they're going to say, oh, well, now tell me exactly what the Christian worldview is. Sometimes they may not want to know at the time. But what I like to do is record all of their questions, go home, make a copy of it, and I give it to them so that they have their answers, but they also have the Christian answers to those questions as well. This is a way that we can try to share the gospel with people that maybe we wouldn't have if we just went cold calling at their door and tried to tell them John 3.16. Now look on the second page. This is the first great question that we're asking. Where do we come from? Right? It's on the origins of life. And so I have several questions there to answer that. And I promise I'm not going to uh, comment on each question as much as maybe I have on the icebreakers because I want you to marinate on them as well. But I'll just read a few of them. Where did we come from? Was there ever a beginning to time? Is there any higher power than man? Is there a god or gods? Is there any supernatural force or power that humans or gods can do? What does the word God mean to you, and, and can we become a god? I think you'll find that different worldviews will answer all of these questions in quite a different way. Look on the third page. On this page, we're going to find two of the four great questions, uh, one on morality and one on meaning or purpose. And so with the morality question, we're, we're engaging people to consider, is there such a thing as right and wrong, and who gets to determine that? And what people will respond with will indicate if their worldview is reasonable and what a lot of people come to understand is that subjective reasoning, subjective authority, and subjective truth, that idea that it's different for you, it's different for me, is not fair, and it's not just. And that when it truly is subjective, really, uh, it doesn't offer people the hope and the foundation that, that they're looking for to have a good life. And so those questions are, is there such a thing as right and wrong? Is it absolute to all mankind or relative to each person? Who determines morality? Are we accountable for what we do in this life? Is evil punished and good rewarded? And that'll help you understand the way that they, uh, I guess, determine truth and the way that one receives what they've done in this life. The third great question is on meaning. And the questions are, what is our purpose in life? What is the main problem that humanity faces? How did this problem originate? And how does this problem affect us daily? Does it affect us daily throughout our life after we die? And is it possible to solve this problem? I've had some great conversations about the meaning of life and purpose. And you know, th this goes so well with the gospel. Because when people ask you, well, what is... How, what's the great problem to a Christian? 
then we're able to tell them that the great problem is sin and that everything comes from that problem. So uh, I've had some people tell me, well, greed is the great problem or um, a lack of tolerance is the great problem. And we can agree that those are great problems. And it is good to show them our sympathy and saying, yes, those are great problems. But then if they ask us how a Christian uh, interprets that question, then we can respond by saying, you know, greed and intolerance and hate and things like that are all symptoms of a bigger problem, the sin problem. And then we get to talk about the predicament of how we got there and how we can get rid of it and how it only comes by God's grace through an obedient faith in Jesus Christ. On the final page is uh, the great question on destiny, you know, what happens to us after we die. Uh, these questions are, what makes us human? What's the purpose of death? What happens to our bodies when we die? What happens to our mind and our spirit whenever we die? Challenging people to consider uh, the great beyond. Now, there are some conclusion questions, uh, and they're very similar to uh, the intro questions. And then number three is the question that we all want to know. Would you ever consider changing your faith? And some people might tell you, no, absolutely not. And others might say, yes, you know, if I was to learn that there was something out there that was more reasonable, that had truth that I haven't seen, then, you know, of course I'm open to it. Anyway, that's the four-page template, the PDF that you can download and use uh, with neighbors, with coworkers, you know, people that maybe you're, you're not sure how to share the gospel with. Yes, it's going to take some interaction. And yes, it's going to require you to maybe get out of your comfort zone. But when people come into your workspace or your neighborhood, and it's very obvious that they're from a different culture, from a different side of the world, and maybe English isn't even their first language, uh, instead of throwing our hands up and saying, well, I can't share the gospel with them. I don't know anything about how to share the gospel with them. One of the great ways that we can start is by trying to draw information out of their heart, like Proverbs 20, verse 5 says. As we end this little conversation together, some people might be asking, so how do we get others to change their worldview? You know, if I share these questions and they answer these questions, you know, what's the next step? How do I get them to change? And that's the answer that's really, or the question rather, that's been bothering me for years is how do I get somebody to change their mind? And you know, the answer is you can't. And I don't mean that as an answer of defeat. Uh, it's really just a reminder of what we're supposed to do. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 says that we plant and we water, but God gives the increase, right? So we're not supposed to change the hearts of men, nor will we be held accountable like on some sort of scale. Well, you only changed three hearts, and you changed ten hearts, so you've changed more hearts, you get to go, and you don't get to go because you only changed one. You didn't change any. You know, it's not about our success in changing someone's heart, but rather it's about us bringing them face to face with the gospel and letting them decide if they will obey Christ. You know, the gospel is God's power to salvation. That's what Romans 1 verse 16, 17 says. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. And, and to abandon the gospel, to say, well, I, you know, they don't know Jesus and so I'm going to win them to Christ through all of these various ways. But if, we, if, if the gospel isn't part of it, you know, if we're asking these questions, but then we never have 
uh, the heart to share the gospel with them, then we're missing that core conclusion of this PDF, of the big questions, and that is to give them the information, to show them whether it's giving that page back to them, to inviting them to have another Bible study with you. We're doing whatever it takes to open that door for them to consider who Jesus is and what he's done. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. And this is just another resource for you to become all things to all people. Now, one of the biggest questions that someone ever asked was, do you understand what you're reading? You know, Philip did not run and overtake the Ethiopian's chariot and state, hello, my name's Philip, and I'm an evangelist with the Lord Jesus Christ, and I serve him, and I need to tell you this good news about him. He didn't do it that way. He started by asking a question, and this question drew the waters out of the Ethiopian's heart. It drew that information out, and he, he responded to that question by saying, how can I understand it unless somebody explains it to me? And then Philip goes into the chariot and shares the gospel with him. And that's what we are trying to do as well. We are asking those questions. We are doing our best to draw the information out of people's heart. So I want to conclude today with Matthew chapter 7, verse 7, one more time. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Thank you very much for listening to this presentation. And I would invite you to consider on the website, the podcast page for this episode, where you can download the PDF. Until next week, this is Jonathan Edwards. God loves you very much, and I do too. Lord willing, see you next week. Well, I'm here to tell you a story, a story that is